Arizona's sports station. The Rundown Reload. Rundown Reload. It is the Rundown Podcast Edition for April 9th, 2020. I'm your host, Luke Lipinski. Michaela Perkins producing as always. Thanks to you guys for tuning in. We've seen the numbers. They're going up uh, pretty quickly. So certainly appreciate that. Like I said, we'll just try and make this a 15-minute distraction from the real world here for as long as we need to. And then we'll get back on uh, a regular schedule and be doing the show from 6 to 8 p.m. Uh, weeknights on 98.7 FM. But for now, let us begin. Actually, let's begin before we get into any of these stories. With some uh, comments from you, the listeners, you can always tweet into the show at Rundown987. You can tweet me at Luke Lipinski. You can tweet uh, at Michaela, at Michaela E. Perkins. And Michaela actually tweeted out from the show accounts a question to you guys. She said, Cardinals fans on a scale of 1 to Super Bowl 43, how nervous are you about the Hopkins trade still pending? And so here's a few of the, uh, the responses from people. Stephen writes in a very solid three. Uh, Ray, a seven, so not all that much concern. Bosco, Bosco's a little more concerned. Please let the DeAndre Hopkins trade still go through. Forget about baseball right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we got to get got to get the Hopkins deal through. Uh, it's it's going to go through. Uh, Larry writes in, baseball will be in the Valley before Hopkins goes back to Houston. Mike says the sun will go supernova before 30 Major League Baseball teams play in Arizona. I don't know if he meant suns or sun. Either way, that's uh, that's... I guess Mike doesn't think that 30 Major League Baseball teams are going to be playing in Arizona. Uh, Steven up 24-6 on the Eagles in the NFC Championship. That's where he is on the scale of 1 to Super Bowl 43. KNPJ, after O'Brien's comments, the deal has been done. Schefter can say what he wants, but there's no way Fanatics and NFL is selling jerseys unless it's been done. So those are some of your comments. And again, you can always write into the show uh, at Rundown987. And uh, it doesn't even have to be to the question we throw out there. James writes in exactly. They end up waving... David Johnson and adding another pick for Hopkins. The deal's going to go through. It's just we have a little extra time to think about some of these things right now because there aren't actual baseball games or the NBA playoffs or the NHL playoffs. I guess the NBA playoffs would still be a week away, but the NBA playoff race, we don't have those things to distract us. And under normal circumstances, the Hopkins trade would already be official. So, like I said yesterday, my only real concern with that is if Houston somehow backed out that would obviously screw the Cardinals over pretty good, but it would really screw the Cardinals over if they went through the draft, assuming they had Hopkins, didn't take a receiver with that eighth pick or anywhere early. But the thing is, it's got to go through before the draft, the more I think about it, because the Texans have the Cardinals' second-round pick. So, I mean, you can't be you can't be playing around with that. Uh, with the draft coming up two weeks from today, it's got to happen before then. We're going to start Major League Baseball. Derek Hall was on with Doug and Wolf this morning uh, talking about that scenario of the entire league essentially playing in Phoenix to get things going sooner rather than later. And look, he's on board certainly, but uh, he he stressed the fact that there's there's still plenty of obstacles that would have to, uh, to be overcome. And, and the bottom line is they're dealing with the great unknown. Yeah, I mean, we're optimistic, but we, you know, we, we'd love to get started, but it has to be the right timing, and we don't know when that timing is. Nothing has changed. You know, last week we, we all got a little excited about the idea that, that myself, some others have had. You know, there's so many different ideas that, that baseball is working on, but they all have to be perfect. I mean, everybody has to be in alignment. Um, you know, the stars have to be in alignment. The, the, the health of the, you know, the situation has to change. We have to make sure there's enough tests. We have to make sure we're not impacting the public in any way. So we, we just don't know. Again, it's still the great unknown. Yeah, and look, that's just the reality of the situation. And we all know that. It's just 
you understand why sports fans who have been starved of sports now for almost a month. I mean, sports stopped on March 11th. I think pretty much every sports fan is going to remember that date forever. (laughs) So what is today's April 9th? I mean, that's basically it's nearly a full month with no sports. And so, yeah, when a report is floated out there by somebody as reputable as Jeff Passan, like it was earlier this week. And and look, it's not like like Jeff said, hey, baseball's coming back mid-May and that's it. Final. Like he, he put all the caveats and all the uh, disclaimers he could in that story. But you can't blame sports fans for latching onto it and saying, hey, wait a minute, high-ranking health officials are looking at this. It does seem like the most plausible way to get baseball back, at least the, the, the quickest way to do it. But, yeah, I mean, there's just there are so many potential pitfalls. And I don't even want to say potential pitfalls. Like, there are so many hurdles they would have to, to clear just to be able to get to that point. But it is still a nice thought. And like I said, you can't blame sports fans for latching onto it because – that's the first real optimism we've heard in a while about a sport coming back. Like, think how we, we, we look at all these things. It's like, oh, the NFL, okay, that's that's a ways off, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll deal with that when we get to, to August and September. But the NHL sort of feels like this NHL season's probably going to end without playoffs. That hasn't been announced. They're still holding out hope. And, and certainly, you know, the, the optimist within me wants to think things get a lot better and within a month we can get back and, and we can play out the hockey playoffs and the NBA playoffs, but we'll see. Uh, I tend to be a little more optimistic about the NBA still getting their playoffs done over the NHL just because they can push their schedule back to start next season. The NHL has really kind of made it clear they don't want to disrupt the 2020-2021 season if they can help it. They don't want to have like two messed up seasons, whereas the NBA can push the start of their season back next year and not really disrupt the integrity of next season. So I I still kind of think the NBA has a better chance of resuming play this season than the NHL. They both certainly still have a chance, but we just haven't heard a whole lot of, hey, this is the plan and this is what's going to happen. Whereas with baseball, what we heard on Monday was at least a plan that had some detail to it and kind of made some sense as much as anything makes sense right now. More from Derek Hall, who was on with Doug and Wolf this morning, talking about you know, the weird position he's in because if all the teams come here to, to, to play baseball, well, you know, he's he's in charge of the, the home team, so it puts him in sort of an awkward spot, but it also makes him an expert on whether or not this might work. You know, I'm in a different position here. I mean, the seat I'm sitting in, obviously, I even had someone say to me, it, it seems like you're just selfishly wanting it to be in Phoenix or in Arizona because of your economy. Part of that's true, right? So, I mean, I have to admit that. I mean, I'm biased. I think Arizona's a great place. I I know we could pull it off if we needed to. There's a lot of logistical issues, though. And, you know, again, like the comments of Nick, and and Nick is such a, you know, smart young man and and articulate, and I'm proud of him, and he's part of our family. You know, so it's there's a lot of people out there that that maybe aren't ready. There's a lot of people out there that still have questions. There's a lot of people out there that are still scared. We we all should be. We don't know. So it's just going to... You know, it's going to take time, and it's going to have to have buy-in from everybody, whichever whichever plan it is. Yeah, I don't know how you look at Derek Hall and say, hey, you're being selfish here with, with this as a potential solution. Derek Hall is not in charge of reviving Arizona's economy. That's not his responsibility. As we've been talking about all week, if you're not going to do this in Phoenix, where would you do it? I mean, you have to find another city that has not just base. Not, you can't just have ba- high school baseball fields. You have to have legitimate major league baseball fields no city has this many if they do i wouldn't mind visiting that city at some point because i don't know of it again florida has all those spring training stadiums florida's not a city florida's a state and a very strange state but they're all spread out over the state you know how it is here in phoenix if you were gonna do this and i understand it's a crazy sounding plan 
But let's all be honest here. Whatever gets sports back the the quickest and safest way is going to sound like a crazy plan at first. Don't we kind of think that's the case? And then all of a sudden it might look more, maybe not even all of a sudden, gradually it might seem more and more reasonable and realistic, and then you're like, hey, maybe we can do this. Safety is obviously still the number one concern. I don't think anybody in their right mind is putting sports over safety. But we're allowed to want sports back. We don't have to feel bad about that. And if there's a solution out there, yeah, in this case, if you're talking about baseball, not if you're talking about basketball or hockey or football, if you're talking about baseball and you're going to try and do it all in one city, this is the city that makes the most sense. All right, over to basketball. I want to talk a little Phoenix Suns here before we wrap up the show today. It is mock draft season for the NBA, and it's a little bit tougher because obviously the lottery hasn't played out. We don't even know how the season's going to play out or if it's going to play out, but it's a mock draft. These things aren't like binding documents, but ESPN has the Suns taking French combo guard Killian Hayes. But they point out in their most recent mock that Iowa State point guard Tyrese Halliburton might actually be the best fit, although in their mock they have him going one pick before. But the bigger thing to take from all this is we may finally be at a point where the Suns can go into a draft and take a player that they see as their point guard of the future. I mean, if this is a top 10 pick, and it could be higher depending how the lottery plays out, you're not just wasting it on a guy that you see as as a career backup. But they're almost in a position now where they can take a guy and say, you're going to be our point guard of the future, but the future doesn't have to be now for once. You would have to earn any minutes you get because you're playing behind Ricky Rubio. And not as a way to punish the rookie that's coming in, but how many times have we seen this? Go the other way for the Suns where it's like, all right, well, Marquise Chris, you're going to play as many minutes as you can because... You're all we have. Dragon Bender, okay, we're investing our future in you. You're just going to keep playing. You don't necessarily have to earn the minutes. If they draft a point guard in this draft, unless they're picking like first or second, that guy's going to have to earn his minutes behind Ricky Rubio, but he's also going to learn from Ricky Rubio. And ideally, you can start to cultivate your point guard of the future. You have a little bit of time there. There's a big difference between, you know, when, when you're talking about trying to make a playoff push next season. And I think it's fair to at least talk about that with the Phoenix Suns. They should be they should be contending for a playoff spot. Whether they can in the Western Conference, look, that remains to be seen. But I think that's fair to have that expectation going into next season. So if you're doing that, not a lot of teams have a ton of success drafting a point guard and then that guy leads them to the playoffs. It happens if you're picking in the top three, maybe, but the Suns probably aren't picking in the top three. Just something to keep an eye on there as we start to push towards whenever the NBA draft is. I also, though, want to throw to the uh, the 2K tournament before we wrap up here tonight. Here we go. We got the final four set. We have three of them set right now. The, the fourth game is going on between Patrick Beverly and Andre Drummond as I record this. But two of the final three are DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker. I understand that some people look at this and they're like, it's a video game. Big deal. Well, that's fair. But the flip side is we don't have anything else. And my contention all along has been if the final is... DeAndre Ayton versus Devin Booker. I'm tuning into that. I'm not sitting here watching these games. I'm, I'm I'm paying attention to the results. I checked out a little bit of Booker's game, and I thought it was hilarious, again, that he's sitting in the gamer chair and everybody else is like just hanging out on their couch or whatever, and you realize, yeah, Booker takes this stuff seriously. So he, uh, he defeated Rui Hachimura tonight, 71-55. Booker played as the Mavericks. He'll play Montrez Harrell, who defeated Derek Jones Jr., 71-66. That's one semifinal. And then DeAndre Ayton 
playing as the Clippers defeated Trey Young 73-66, who was playing as the Lakers. So Aiton will play the winner of Patrick Beverly and Andre Drummond. I would assume that'll be decided by the time you hear this. But like I said, the, the, the cool thing about this is we may have two sons in the finals. Honestly, I think we're going to have two sons in the final. And that's that's at least something. That That is almost more important to me than a son winning it because it, it is just a video game tournament. But having Aiton versus Booker, like, okay, you got some teammates here. You got a little bit of a rivalry. There was only two teams that were represented by two players in this whole tournament. The other one was the Clippers, and they're all long gone. Smart money, if there is such a thing, if there really are people out there gambling on the, the uh, 2K tournament, according to uh, the people that set those odds, is on Booker. And look, no kidding. He takes this stuff seriously. And I, I want to close, too, with this. Setting the, the 2K tournament aside, yeah, that's just fun and games. Devin Booker has really raised his profile over the last nine months, I want to say, nationally. Just think about it for a second. All the Team USA stuff over the summer, and I understand some of that was, quote, bad publicity, unquote. Guys like Bill Simmons were all over him for, for choosing his own off-season workout regimen as opposed to playing for Team USA. But whatever, it put Devin Booker's name in the national spotlight. The All-Star game, he should have already been there. But, you know, an injury and all of a sudden he is there. Well, whatever, he's there. Not like he dominated the All-Star game or anything, I get that. But the players around the league know how good Devin Booker is. The fans, and I don't even blame them. It's not like I expect some fan in Washington, D.C., to be tuning into Suns games the last few years because the Suns just haven't been very good. But Devin Booker in particular, it just feels like his national profile entering this season, or let's say entering last offseason, it didn't match up with how good he is. And so now you get the All-Star game, he at least finally gets his appearance. I think that's going to make it easier for him to make it next year because he's broken the seal. He's been to an All-Star game. It's like when you interview for a job and they're like, well, you don't have any experience, so we can't hire you until you get some experience. But you can't get any experience until we actually hire you. Well, now he's finally in. He's broken through that. So he's at least been to an all-star game. His name was out there a lot last summer with the Team USA stuff. You know, the the, the 2K tournament, like I said, it's, it's, it's video games. But it's the only thing going on right now. And it's again, it's just his name out there. And we all want the playoffs to come back. But I think in a weird way, if there aren't playoffs, it draws less of a distinction between the Suns' lack of success on the court compared to another middling team that maybe has a guy that's getting more all-star recognition just because his team is better. Not like Giannis with the Bucks or some team that's dominant and we're talking about an MVP candidate. I'm just talking about a guy more in the middle of the pack, 6th, 7th, 8th in the, the Western Conference or the Eastern Conference, and a player on one of those teams that maybe isn't even as good as Devin Booker, but he's just more well-known because his team makes the playoffs this year. And don't get me wrong, I want the playoffs this year. I was more excited for this season, this postseason in the NBA, than I can remember because we didn't know who was going to win. I mean, how many times have we known going into the regular season, hey, it's one of these three teams that's going to win? Probably one of these two. And in a lot of cases, it's just this one team. Now let's all go play 82 games in the playoffs and find out what we already know. That wasn't going to be the case this year. Do I think the Lakers would have won? Probably, but it's not like a 90% thing. It's more like a 40%. And then maybe the Clippers get a little bit and the Rockets get a little bit or whoever. I mean, certainly the Bucks get some consideration. Like, there was five, six, seven, eight teams I thought could win this this year. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I definitely want the playoffs. But if you just take a step back and look at the last nine months, 
some some of these are because of Devin Booker. Some of them are completely out of his control. But there are a few reasons to believe that his profile has just been raised nationally. And the biggest one, of course, is making the All-Star game. Just getting to be there, getting to be seen in that that environment with that group of players. I would say more so than the other sports. That sort of validates what a guy is doing in this league, especially a guy in Booker's position whose team is just not having success. And it's not it's not Devin Booker's fault they've been struggling for the last four or five years. I mean, you can say the last ten years. To me, when the Suns, when you talk about the Suns really being inept, it's just the last four years. Just something to think about with Devin Booker. Uh, if he wins the 2K tournament, it's not going to change anything, but it's just another another way he has gotten his name out there on the national level this season more than he has in the last few seasons. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Michaela Perkins for producing the show as always. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Luke Lipinski. This has been The Rundown. We'll be right back at it tomorrow on ArizonaSports.com.